You are listening to Holy Words from Holy Cross, the sermon podcast of Holy Cross Evangelical Lutheran Church in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. We hope you find these words a blessing in your daily walk with God. Please visit us on the web at www.holycrossnazareth.org or in person at 696 Johnson Road, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Don't be all else to me, save that. It was a beautiful spring night for a walk across Penn State's campus. The kind of night we've been waiting for and have not yet gotten this year. <laughs> and I was walking around 2 or 3 in the morning, walking a young woman back to her dorm after a study session. And we were having the kind of conversation that seems you can only have when you're an undergraduate. And uh, you're walking late and talking late at night and all of a sudden all the mysteries of the world seem penetrable to you. And you seem like the smartest person on the face of the earth. <laughs> Have you ever been in one of those conversations? <laughs> you look back and think, boy, I was really smart at 20 years old. How did I get so stupid now? <laughs> well, we were talking about religion of all things, and I had not yet come to Christian faith. And, um, and uh, my friend was telling me that she had a friend whose father sort of had a philosophy about going to church. And you go to church when you need to go to church. And she thought that just seemed like such a great thing that you, you went then because, you know, you, you, you just did it when you needed to. Uh, and it wasn't until years later and many, many experiences of faith and many conversations with uh, people in their faith walks that I realized how foolish a thing that really was. Um, and here's why. It presumes that we know best what we need. Now, have you ever heard the saying that someone who has themselves for a lawyer has a fool for a client? That's just as true in the spiritual field. Um, I remember when, we, when I did my uh, grandfather's funeral, one of the first things I did as a young seminarian and um, was talking with my, my uncle, my mother's youngest brother, uh, at the reception. And he had just gotten a very grave diagnosis around his heart. He had a very, very serious heart condition. He had very active work. He was an auto mechanic. And so this, uh, this diagnosis forced him into early retirement, forced him to start managing his diet in ways he never had before and his exercise regimen and all this kind of stuff. And the thing was, you couldn't tell it by looking at him. He looked great. And he felt great. And I'll never forget what he said to me because he said, he said, Brett, no matter what it is, he says, no matter how I feel, in fact, it doesn't matter that I feel like I feel and think like I think, I've got to do what the doctor says or I'm going to be dead. And because he listened to the doctor's advice, he's still alive today. And um, my mother, who was older than him by a couple of years, uh, predeceded him in 2010. We need to listen to the perspective of those who know more than we do. And when we are interacting with God, He knows more about us than we know about ourselves. Now enter Thomas. 
Poor Thomas. I, I love Thomas. This is one of my favorite stories in Scripture because it's so close to me. It's so much like I was, like I am still a lot of the time. And I think it's too bad. Isn't it really too bad that Thomas gets the name Doubting Thomas? That's how we all know him. Because in the end, yes, he doubted, but who, which of us doesn't? Any of us not have a moment or three or twenty when we're doubting? But in the end, Thomas is the first person to say, my Lord and my God, to Jesus. He's really the first person to come to the fullness of Christian faith. Why don't we call him Thomas the Believer? <laughs> but he starts with his doubts. And he's honest about him. And I give him credit for that. Laying it out to the rest of the disciples. <laughs> you can say what you want, but let me tell you how it's going to be. This is what I need to believe. Have you ever done that in your faith walk? I know I have. I like, I like to bargain with God. <laughs> had a lot of, God, if you do this, then I'll really, really get it. I, this is what I need right now. And I have found, not just in my own walk, but in many of the conversations I've had in the privileged ministry I've had in 23 years of talking with people about their faith, that a lot of other people do that same thing. And here's the reality for all of us. Sometimes God answers our prayers yes, and sometimes He answers later and sometimes he says no. But that's because he knows better than we do what we need for our faith walk. He knew, apparently in this situation, he at least partially agreed with Thomas because Thomas says, I won't believe unless I can stick my finger in the holes from the nails. That's gutsier than I would be. <laughs> and Jesus shows up and says, Here. Give it a shot. Now, I don't know if you noticed this, but it never says Thomas did it. it. never says Thomas stuck his finger in the nail holes or his hand in Jesus' side. Jesus simply gives him the offer. And, G and Thomas falls to his knees and says, My Lord and my God. Yes, Peter had recognized him as the Son of God back at the Transfiguration, but... Son of God was a title given to David, too. Thomas is the first one to recognize that Jesus is God in the flesh. Because Jesus met him where he needed to meet him in order to increase his faith. And when Peter quotes the prophet Isaiah in his letter, he, says, he quotes him as saying, By his stripes we are healed, not by his stripes we are saved. Our salvation comes at the cross, and that's true. But the Lord's purpose in all of our walks with Him in this life is to heal our souls and bring us to deeper faith, and He knows better what will do that for us than we do. And because of that, we kick against the goads. We fight against our Lord and struggle against His leading. And sometimes we'll spend 10, 20, 30, 50 years wandering in the wilderness because we don't want to take the next step of our faith journey. Now, I'm not saying that all the bad things that happen are ordained by God. I don't believe that. But we are told that God can take those bad things and turn them to our good if we're walking with Him in faith. And I, when we hear in our regular confession that we are in bondage to sin and cannot free ourselves, I want you to listen to that language. It doesn't say we will not free ourselves. It says we cannot free ourselves. 
Only the one who has the power can come and set us free. And that's where we hold on to those words Jesus offers to Thomas. I tell you, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Because that is how God brings about the cure of our souls. And I have seen over and over again that um, people often leave church when they need it most. I don't want to come now because I don't have my act together. And everybody there seems like they've got their act together. I don't want to come there because I just went through this horrible divorce and everyone there is so happy with their family. I don't want to come there because I'm struggling with my faith and maybe I can't sing those hymns with integrity. I don't want to come there and when I'm ready, then I'll give myself to God. But God says, come when you're not ready. The scriptures say that Christ, God proves His love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And He walks with us. And because we are in bondage to sin, because we can't get away from it, there are times we're going to shake our fists at God. There's times we're going to doubt His power. There are times we're going to doubt His wisdom. There's times we're going to doubt His goodness. You know, we can offer all those things to Him. I think God's got big enough shoulders to take all our doubts. But when we offer them to Him, what we will learn in time is that God's power and His goodness and His wisdom are not shown in the answered or unanswered prayers of our lives. Because we don't know how our story is going to turn out. They're answered at the cross. If we want to know the goodness of God, it's that He would die on a cross for us. If we want to know the power of God, it's that He would rise from the dead. If we want to know the wisdom of God, it's that He will walk with us all the days of our lives and bring us safe to His wedding feast. Now I offer these words with great humility this morning because if you're in pain, they're the worst words to hear. And I've been in that place. I want to share with you the story of my college, my, my, my professor right now in my, my Monday night online class. He lost his father at a very, very early age. And the family just, they were a very devout family and they offered their prayers and they were so fervent and they believed with all their heart if they offered their prayers in just the right way, their, their father would be healed and he, the father believed that too and he, he died. And as they were walking away from the graveside, and I know he's a Lutheran, so I know the funeral service they had. I know it word for word. And they had just heard the proclamation of the resurrection and the hope we all live in. As they were walking away, he was having this snarling argument with God in his mind. Why should I pray to a God who doesn't answer my prayers? Why should I pray to a God who doesn't listen and doesn't care? What does all this stuff mean anyway? And as they were walking back to the car, his mom grabbed him. I don't know if she just being a mom had that intuition or saw a look on his face. She grabbed him by the lapels and pulled him up to her. And he tell, as he tells the story, he's told it three times, so I know it's an important story to him. He, he's much taller than his mother at this point. His mom pulls him down and says, Listen, this family is planning a reunion and I expect you to be there. 
And he said, all right. So he came to church and he argued with God and he fought with God and he wrestled with God and he cried in front of God. And God turned all that pain into a vibrant, deep walk of faith with him so that now, as this man is reaching the end of a lifetime of ministry, God has made him wise in amazing ways. Usually when a professor assigns a book to you to read that he wrote, it's an indication that he wasn't able to sell enough copies. (laughs) Reading this book, I'm struck on every page by the deep wisdom that this pastor brings to his shepherding of other pastors who he knows are going to shepherd other people. God didn't ordain the hurt, but God took the hurt and used it to transform him as he walked with his Lord. God knew what he needed at every step of his journey to make him into the man he is today, leading and faithfully guiding and offering godly wisdom to those who follow Christ. Would you join me now for a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, um, we come before you this morning and we look at Thomas and this story just as we hear it comes so close to our hearts. So many times we doubt, Lord. So many times because we can't see you, we ask why, how. We can't see the purpose in what is happening around us. And Lord, we know that some things thwart your perfect will. But we follow you in faith, Lord. We ask that you increase our faith, for that is even the gift of your Spirit. Help us ask honest questions. Help us, like Jacob, to wrestle with you. Help us to find the answers you need us to find so we may grow more good, more wise, more into the image of your Son, our Savior, in whose name we pray. Amen. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Not be all else to me, save that thou art. Be thou my best thought in the day and the night. Waking or sleeping, thy presence my life.